Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Peachy keen. Glad to hear it. Hey, uh, you know, there's some people here probably never heard of our show before. We actually give them a little tour, okay? Yeah, I think I need a tour, too. Go ahead. All right, well, let's review. Number one, we we are actual brothers. My name is Jerry. My name's John. And we do the bro show every Saturday morning. We record it. Work during the week getting ready for it. We talk about four things. And the first thing we talk about is an animal. We have mm. seasons, six-month seasons. This is the season of the whale, so we have a whale story. Secondly, we have a word. The word, word. is something we run into researching our whale story or the following thing which we talk about, and that is two takes. Two takes mm. is something where we discuss a topic that we have possibly differing views on, <laughs> likely differing views on. And so the, we give our two takes on that topic. The last thing we do is we get two groaners from one of John's uh, college friends who supplies them every week. And groaners are like dad jokes. Some yeah, people dad bads, you name them. Dad bad. So that's it. That's the show. Wow. Sounds yeah. real good. Do hey, we, uh, I just did such a good job. Do we need to record it? Do you think? I guess we should. I don't know. I think so listen, why don't why don't we uh, we also put clothes on before we do the show too? What do you try to? We try to. I'm wearing a T-shirt that depicts the season of the lizard. Yeah. Wow. One of my favorite. One of my favorite. Yeah. How about you? Well, I got my uh, my bear shirt on, the old season of Ooh. the bear, the bear yeah, with one the glasses. With yeah, driving, driving a car, car, driving a car. God, oh, yeah. I sure hope he's got his driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but that season we did review a, a book called The Bear Goes Over the Mountain where this bear had <laughs> human, human qualities and several of them. One of them was uh, he... he uh, he had a girlfriend, remember? <laughs> yep. Oh, I don't think he drove, though. He took cabs everywhere. He lived in New York City. Anyways. Oh, that was quite, that was quite a show, man. We were, we were right on the line of bad taste with that show, I would say. I would agree. Oh, yeah. Right. I will have to be right there with you. Concur all the way. All right. So, all right, what do you want to do now? Hey, listen, what we ought to do is talk a little bit about our sponsor. I do okay. believe. Our sponsor is Save the Whales. It's a nonprofit organization organized in 1977, California nonprofit. Uh, and the, there's a dynamic duo, a daughter, uh, a mother com- combo, a mother named Maris Stinsacker, who started this at the age of 14. And she decided to gather some money to help the whales by selling T-shirts. T-shirts. So, Back in 1977, that was her revenue generator, but she's kind of expanded it and goes with, you know, contributions, et cetera, but still sells plenty of merchandise, whale merchandise. And their mission is to basically educate uh, everybody, specifically young people, about whales by giving courses, maybe things in school, et cetera. But when the occasion arises and there is a big project in the forefront, they're ready to step up get some volunteers and go to it and help these wonderful animals. 
hey, but you know, uh, they got some really nice merchandise, including their t-shirts. Let me tell you about that. Uh, the t-shirts, excellent, uh, high quality. Uh, they have a bunch of them too. They don't just have one. So, uh, we got a link in the show notes. Go there, buy a t-shirt. And, you know, after today's show, you may really want to. I mean, it's not a real downer show, but we've got some hard facts about populations and stuff. Right. Of, you know, of whales and humans, and the difference is stark, I might add. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, in any case, get, go ahead, buy a t-shirt. You gotta wear clothes. Well, you know, I'll sum up at least. Yeah, some of us do, some of us don't. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, if you're on Zoom or on Skype, you usually have to wear at least something on top. So, look, yeah, get yourself a T-shirt. You can also just make a donation, outright donation. So do it. You'll be glad you did. Uh, that is uh, Save the Whales. Well, you mentioned right. already a little bit about what our whale story is going to be, uh, talking about yeah. population. This week, we just had population on the brain for a variety of reasons, and that uh, sort of gravitated towards talking about whale populations. So I thought, geez, what are we doing with the whales? How are, you know, we know that there were tough times when they were, when they were used and were hunted down and uh, with the seafaring ships. So we've gone through a lot of this stuff. We've talked a lot of different kinds of whales. So what happens is, are we really making any strides towards getting the whale population back where it needs to be so we can get out of that endangered species category? So perhaps you could kind of enlighten us a little bit about what's going on with some of these these animals. I can do that. This is a sobering conversation, but and I'm trying not to be flippant about it, but it's difficult. Well, let me tell you my difficulties. Number one, this is all over the place. There is no authoritative body to give us this information. And no. the, there are some reasons why. There are some very powerful business interests that don't want this information Widely available. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't oh, really want to be. I don't want to be conspiracy guy. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, wait. This is a breaking story. This is this is newsworthy. This is breaking wind, I think, but it's <laughs> it's not breaking news. <laughs> okay, look. Here, here, let me give you the lowdown. I'm going to make this quick. Uh, Go for it. It's in that data is inconsistent. Number one, and the one place I found where there was a study done, you have to pay thirty dollars for the study. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm living on a fixed income. I ain't going to do that. You're not going to do that. No. So I did get the abstract for the study, however. And so they throw numbers around. You know, there may be 30,000 whales walk, uh, swimming around. There may be 200,000. See? See what I'm saying? Nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, okay, here's the trend. There were, you know, there were lots of them before whaling started in the late 19th century, 1800s. And... Yeah. In the mid-1960s, when whaling was outlawed, right. all the whales started making a little comeback, except for a couple of species, yeah. which are still being hunted, and there's still problems. So that much I can tell you for sure. And those are the blue whale and the bowhead whale mm. have problems staying populated. And why is that? Because it's economically advantageous to hunt a big whale with lots of blubber. 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 The blue whale is the largest animal to ever be an earth dweller. Right? Largest animal on land or at sea ever in the history of the world. People think, what about dinosaurs? Forget dinosaurs. Those guys are gnats compared to... Do you realize, John, (laughs) uh, you know, you can walk 
through the artery of a blue whale. Ooh, this yeah. sounds like Fantastic Voyage, a movie where they – Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> another story. <laughs> Dennis Quaid, good movie. So anyways, yeah, you, they are so big, and their tongue is bigger than an elephant. So that's just a little – you know, they are big animals. But also, one shot of one of these automated harpoon guns, and some big whaling ship has got itself a blue whale. And yeah. in order – yeah, and they do all kinds of tricks to make it look like they're not really hunting a whale. This is educational research. We're trying to save the whale. Bullshit. You are not. So in any case, yeah, the population's down. Bowhead whales are very chubby. So their ratio of blubber to body is very high. And plus, they're very slow. They live in the Arctic, and their metabolism's low, and they can't run. They can't get away. Bam. We got us a whale. Let's cook him. So, well, well basically, yeah. the lay of land, it's not good. It's not good, John. Well, yeah, I, I just don't want to say that we know that there are a lot of challenges with respect to getting this population up. And, I mean, we've got environment. We've got the fact that there's still the human contact, and whether it be, you know, trash or stuff that the whales are confronted with. And, of course, we still have some countries that allow. The, so, the, you're right. There's 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 big challenges. and. Hopefully, right. yeah. You know. well, good news about this. Good news about this. <clears throat> I want to hear some upside. First of all, please. yeah. Here's the upside. There is a species of whale that is doing well, and it's a big whale. It's not, you know, it's yeah. a sperm whale. Sperm whales uh, are probably the smartest big whale. You know, they are very intelligent, and they have a very, very good culture. They protect their young. And they they know to get the hell out of Dodge. So there are possibly as many as 300,000 sperm whale in the world today. And that number is up dramatically. But they were they did better with whaling than any other whale because they were able to avoid. And a few of them even fought back. So, you know, they they are the success story with whales. Now, their only problem is that they're very sen- more sensitive to noise than most whales. So, you know, there are a lot of, lot of noises in the sea that there didn't used to be before. This sends them into a panic sometimes, and they beach themselves because the sounds send them insane. They make them crazy. Oh. So, the, But, you know, there are things going on that's going to reduce the amount of noise because the biggest noise maker are sonic booms that are used underwater to find out where there's oil, offshore oil. So oh. as oil becomes okay. less used and less popular, that's going to work in favor of the sperm whale. So fingers crossed. I hope this Hang whole thing works out for them. Yeah, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna lose some whales over the next okay. decades. Sorry. Well, okay. Uh, That's it. The bad. Hopefully, we'll have these whales increase in population. Buy a t-shirt. That's best. Yeah, buy a t-shirt. It'll help. Our word yep. for today is enumeration. E N U M. E-R-A-T-I-O-N, enumeration. What this is, this is the definition, is a complete ordered listing of all the items in a collection. The term is commonly used in mathematics, computer science. So I'm going to use a sentence which kind of segues into our two takes. In okay. order to complete the sentence, an enumeration district area was assigned to each census taker. By the way, that Ooh. is what they felt. The way that the area was come up with, it was considered how much, 
how uh, we're going to give a census taker two weeks worth of uh, of not, not names or, or area in order to cover. So the the areas were based upon how much you know how much they felt a uh, census taker could do in two weeks. So the source of this is basically kind of segues right into our two takes topic, which is the 1950 census. <laughs> So why did I come up with this topic? Well, on April 1, uh, you know, I was gearing myself up to be, you know, somebody's going to pull an April, April Fool's joke on me. Little did I realize there's bigger fish to fry. That happened to be the day that the 1950 census was open to the public and you could access it through the Internet. And you're saying, mm-hmm. well, wait, why did it take so doggone long to get it? Well, federal Protection. law requires that it uh, – you have to wait 72 years to do that because of the privacy and confidentiality of some of the information that's put on the census forms. Actually, it was a census list, as we'll uh, soon learn. So we've got the 1950 census. We're talking a little over 150 million people had to be counted. Uh, cities uh, such as like we were from, St. Louis, were the eighth largest in the country. Now we're, they're barely in the top 100. So, you know, things have changed a little bit. But what's interesting about this census is this is the last census in which it was all done with census takers who walked around, basically had an area to cover, and put their information on forms. Uh, And these forms were, uh, they they were, you know, listings of 30 people per form. And so that's how they did it. Uh, I came, uh, I really didn't think a lot about it. I'm a I'm a research guy for the Society for American Baseball Research. Realized that some of the biographical types like to look at these forms in order to get the bits of information. But we decided, yeah. after reading a little bit about it, to maybe take our own deep dive and mm. get a little personal and yeah. figure out. First thing, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could find ourselves in the in the census? And yeah. we learned a little bit. The search engine is, is right there. You hit the U.S. Census Archives dot org or whatever. And right away, it's it yeah it it goes boom. You can bring it up, and you can see, and it says search, and be on your merry way. So Mm -hmm. maybe little. little Wait a minute. Let's get real. Let's get real. It's not merry at first. It took us twenty four hours to find ourselves. Well, that's let's yeah. Well, yeah. That that's a story in itself. But we'll we'll, but let's just talk about the basics. We'll we'll give you some hints. How you do this is you've got three different pieces of information you can put into it. You can put the state and also the county. So for in our case, we were putting uh, Missouri. And then we learn uh, very quickly that the St. Louis County and St. Louis City were considered together. So you could put that information in. You could then put the first and last name of the individual. And we quickly learned that the most important thing is don't look for yourselves because you were the sons of the head of household. So you needed to know the head of household because that's on the form. They only showed the last name for the first party in the in the family. So husband, so in our case, James Daniels is listed. But after that, my, our mother, Loretta, it just says blank Loretta. Next right. one, blank John. Next one, blank Jerry. Oh, mm-hmm. it should have been blank, blank Jerry. Uh, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Now, the next piece of information, which you don't necessarily have to put in, and it's hard to come up with, is the enumeration district. Because these things are just, you can look at maps and you can have trouble figuring out. So what you did, we put those in. 
And we were able to pretty quickly, I was able to, uh, to come up with it with our, uh, with our father. And, they, and, and the, there's pieces of information. The most interesting to me was that they actually had the, our address is on there. It's a little hard to decipher. It says Algonquin Wood along vertically. Mm-hmm. Actually, it says a lot Algonquin Woods. And then yeah. if you look at the numbers beside it, those numbers to the right of it can either be like an apartment number or a street number. So sure mm-hmm. enough, I found out that we're 25 Algonquin Wood. So you're able to so you can do a Google map and even see if your house is still there. If you wanted to, yeah. which I did, of course. Yes, and, it uh, is. It is, as I recall. Yeah, it's it's still there. I just checked it this morning. <laughs> wow. But the funniest piece of information we came up with, though, is it, it you put down relationship and you put age. Now, keep in mind that the census taker is doing this in April because this is seventy first, 72nd, 72nd anniversary. So they're taking this in April. So, for example, uh, our ages would have been based, you know, would have been, let's see. Last birthday. Uh, last birthday. Last birthday. So 46, my last birthday would have been four years, would have been two, I guess. I can't even remember what it was. You're three. Something Your number's like, three. 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 Yeah, Mine's three one. One, yeah. Thank you very much. But our parents, it's different because, you know, no, that wouldn't have been different. Mothers, my, our moms would have been different because her birthday was in January. In January so it would have taken right. into consideration that. So she'd be listed, I think, at 28. So, uh, yeah, the other thing is it shows where you were born. The other thing it shows you is were you working or not, and then how many hours you were working, and that's where we got ourselves a big chuckle because it said our father worked 48 hours the week before. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we never saw him work. Yeah, I never saw him work in my whole life. Except not very farm. much. He yeah, it was, all, it was hobby. You know, it was all his stuff yeah. was just for fun. So, yeah, we, we looked it up. Uh, one of the things, here's some of the challenges. The census taker would often misspell names. Also, their handwriting might not be that good. This is all cursive writing. So as yes. a result, when you look at it, you, you're looking at it, and you have to take in consideration there could be mistakes. So when you're looking through the population sheets, the schedules uh, that are shown there, we yeah we had to look through, I think, I finally figured out just for our enumeration district, there are 73 pages that we yep. you could go through. So it, it was it could be pretty challenging. Our Very. father's name, James, was spelled incorrectly. It's a James and it had another a letter on it. So <laughs> Jameed, his name was Jameed. Jameed, yeah, Jameed. Yeah. yeah, he was a rapper back then. I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it, it, by the way, it also put down race too. So white and, yeah. and for Negro yeah. uh, was in there yeah. too. Yeah. So that that was it. So yeah, maybe you can expound some of the good stuff for some of your uh, little nuances you ran into. As you, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the by far the biggest eye opener with us was 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 how many hours were. That was great. Head of household, they have that. You know, they they want to know if the mother's working, how many hours she worked last week. You know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And it, it's kind of fascinating. And also, they say where where you were born, if it was you know different from where you are now. Right. So they the state they were born in and all that stuff. So it was neat. Had the address. I th- I think the biggest thing I got out of it was. You know, uh, just to look at that handwriting, you know, you yeah. don't see much handwriting anymore. And it is cursive. It's not block letters or anything like that. So it, you notice that, you know, you write 
the way your teachers wrote in the third grade or whenever you learned to write cursive. And, you know, you may be picking up handwriting style from the century before, you know, which, right? So, you and these census takers, a lot of more school teachers. So, you know, this is interesting. Just, just, and you know what, John, this was, this is a photograph. You're looking at a photograph of a census form. And in, in some cases, the corner on the left or the bottom or whatever is bent or curled. You can see the pages below it. You can kind of see the discoloration of the paper. Or it could be a skewed. Yeah. 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 So it, but what it is, is you are taking a little trip back to 1950. Yeah. Slice of Americana in 1950. I would also point out the challenge that you mentioned finding us was kind of interesting because you see our parents were listed. There's four people in the family at that point in time. Our parents are at the very bottom of the page. Where are we? Uh, and uh, it took us a while to figure out what that we were located. It, it kind of you kind of got on the next in. page. We thought yeah. on next page does that mean on the back of the page or does it mean just another sheet? Yeah. It's another sheet. And yeah. by me knowing what the enumeration district was, I was able to kind of whittle it down. And what was funny is we were listed as a line Daniels because there was a line crossing part of the information out. I have no idea why he wrote a line <laughs> in there. Or maybe that's what the the, the scanner the scanners came yeah. up with, yeah. but it was really weird. So we saw our names. That made me feel good. So yeah. that's yeah, that's that's the lay of the land. I, uh, I what we decided to do. I did. I said, let's get let's get a little history here. Let's take a look. So I took two people that are near and dear to me: Elvis Presley and Stan Musial. Presley being a rock, you know, as a musician, and Musial being the baseball player. And I found out some interesting things. Elvis Presley is was uh, born in Tupelo, Mississippi, but he was, he moved very at a very early age. He was born in 1935, so this census form he's born actually in January shows him as as 15 years old. He'd already had a couple of locations, places he had lived in Memphis, where he moved from to to from Tupelo, and he was living in a low income housing project. So it gave his address, I think, as 185 Winchester. And that was the Lauderdale Courts, a low-income housing project. So you could not only see the street address, but you could see the apartment number he was living in. And what's interesting about, and this is some of the little squirrely stuff you can see, is don't look for Elvis. Look for the father, the head of household, who had to be Vernon. His mother's name, Gladys, was next listed, and Elvis is the only son, his his twin brother passed away uh, at a, you know, when, when he was born, stillborn. And so Elvis, uh, the the interesting, you know, piece was that his his father was didn't work that much, and there was really no semblance. There was nothing to indicate how much any anybody really had worked uh, out of those three people. El and they were all, of course, they were born in Mississippi. And they of course then moved, but it, it was it was really cool to to see the stuff, you know there. Oh yeah, yeah. If you, this can flesh out information that is nowhere oh, else. I, I left the big the biggest piece. There's yeah. a fourth person listed. Oh, Vernon's grandmother Minnie for a little while lived with them, so ah. Minnie is listed also, and that's one of the pieces. So quite often. You'll find uh, an extra name uh, listed with their family and said, gee, back in 1950, well, who's that person? Who that man? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was back in the days before people put, you know, put everybody in a home. 
they, you know? in addition to the fact there's no reason you can't rent out a room uh, in your yeah. house, and there was yeah. a category called L for lodger. That's right. Yeah. Roger Dodger so, the Lodger. Just, so quickly, my my uh, give you my Stanley Frank Musial, uh, the one in St. Louis. So Stan Musial, uh, born 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 to Lillian Musial. Stan was 29, so was Lil. Uh, he was born in 1920. His birthday is in November. So what's interesting about Musial is he has three children at that time. He has his uh, oldest, uh, Dick Musial. You've got the second one, a uh, Richard actually, and then you got Geraldine, then you got Janet. Uh, the last one was actually less than a year old, so they put down six months. You could look up the address, his first home that he had in St. Louis. He was from Pennsylvania, so he just moved about two years before that. So you look at the, the uh, and he moved around as a baseball player. He got one ball player uh, who's from Florida. He happened to be playing at the, the Daytona Beach for a couple of years. He then, the next person, the kid, Geraldine, is moved, is is born in the the uh, city where he was born, Denora, Pennsylvania, and then he got the last month, six months, he's born in St. Louis. Uh, 5447 Childress, you can Google Maps it and take a look at the house stand with it back in 1950. So, wow. Hey, we're, we're running late, so I'm going to zip through my stuff quick. If that's Go okay. for it, okay. All right, uh, I, I also chose two people. Uh, the first one I chose was Bobby Rydell. I chose Bobby Rydell because he passed away this week at 80 years of age. Uh, he was a teen idol back in the day. Uh, he's a Philly boy. So yep. uh, we just, uh, you know, I just looked him up and couldn't find him. So I had to know his dad's name, uh, Adrio, Adrio, however you would say it pro- properly. Here, here's the, my big takeaway from looking up Bobby Rydell in here is that he was, of course, young. He was seven years old at the time. But here's one of those situations, John. I didn't find... And this is this is something I didn't know. What happens is if if you are uh, a father and you're living with your grandparents or your wife's grandparents, yeah. What? Luckily, your first and last name are on the census form. Ah, okay. Even even good. though you're not head of household, that's okay. how I found his dad because he was living with his wife's uh, parents. So. Ah. And also, I got thrown off immediately. It showed Bobby Rydell as a grandchild, grandchild. <laughs> right? Right? And, Every, and so, yeah. yeah, everything's with regard to the head of the household. So at first, I thought, holy cow! You know, he is his grandparents raised him. No, no, his parents were there. But you know, you get the picture. So that was big eye opener there. Secondarily, I did something different. Rather than a celebrity, I went after one of the people who's no longer with us. Who I I grew up with in high school, who I really liked. He was a great friend, and we had a lot of fun together. His name was David Beach. And so uh, I just got to look up uh, David because I used to eat over at his house, and I loved his family, and they were great. And his mom and dad are no longer with us also. His sister Phyllis is, and I reached out to her on Facebook and get a hold of her. But in any case, uh, I got to see where they lived, uh, how, and I didn't realize that he had a brother named Charles. And so I think Charles was with his, and this is other stuff I didn't know. It seems that uh, Murray Beach, his dad, maybe had two families, and and maybe Charles didn't live with them. I'm not sure. Yeah, see, these are all things I wanted to verify. Digging up the dirt, huh? Not dirt. You know, this is all good. This is all good. They were a great, great, 
great family. It was fun eating dinner with them and stuff. They were funny. They kidded around. Uh, all the kids were encouraged to be creative. Dave and I were both musicians. We had a lot of fun. He and I, in the 10th grade, took Latin. We decided to invent our own language, and we called it beaten. It was a combination of beach and Latin. It was a combination of hieroglyphics and alphanumerics from the Roman uh, era. So it was it was incredible. And the last time I talked to Dave before he died, which was 2010, uh, he still had our dictionary that we wrote. Outstanding. So that was a lot of little family background and a little bit of a memory, memory lane for you. Great memories. Yeah. All right. Good. Hey, listen, we need so. some groaners here, I think. I know we do. Hey, listen, do we're it. provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lutter, Jr., commonly referred to as Duck, Duck Coach. Coach. And we've got two outstanding groaners here. So let me lay a couple on you here. So I'm ass- the first I'm one the is, position. Go ahead. Are you ready? What's the medical term for owning too many dogs? What's the medical term for owning too many dogs? This is sort of, I would call a more, not than a medical, it's a condition. It's a, it's a serious condition uh-huh. one can, uh-huh. can, can be incurred with if they have way too many dogs. Ready? Uh, dogaholic? This is, I like that. It's, it's, it's close. It's not even close, but I like it. All right. All right. So nice. You are. Rover dose. Rover dose. Oh, that was that's remote. I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna give you. A I would have on to that. say. I, I. That's the reason. It's the first one. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. What do you call a masked man? Who smells really good. <laughs> what do you call a masked man? Who smells oh. really good. <laughs> yeah, I gotta remember to sniff more masked men. Uh, I don't know, guy. <laughs> The Cologne Ranger. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I know you like it. I have to finish up with that one. Oh, God. That was awful, but it was good. Okay. It was. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. <laughs>